Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 701. Quite highly of me as a lover. I offer no apology for this behavior except to say that I was a young man of 16, proud of my newfound skills, and not above a little bragging. I told them how Felurian had tried to trap me in the Fae, how we fought with magic. For this I borrowed a little from Taberlin the Great, there was fire and lightning. At the end, I bested Felurian, but spared her life. In her gratitude, she wove me a fairy cloak, taught me secret magics, and gave me a silver leaf as a token of her favor. The leaf was pure fabrication, of course, but it wouldn't have been a proper story if she hadn't given me three gifts. All in all, it was a good story. And if it wasn't entirely true, well, at least it had some truth mixed in. In my defense, I could have dispensed with the truth entirely and told a much better story. Lies are simpler, and most of the time they make better sense. Lozi watched me all through the telling and seemed to take the whole thing as something of a challenge to the prowess of mortal women. After the story was over, she laid claim to me and led me to her small room on the topmost floor of the Pennysworth. I managed very little sleep that night, and Lozi came closer to killing me than Florian ever had. She was a delightful partner, every bit as wonderful as Florian had been. But how could that be, I hear you ask? How could any mortal woman compare with Felurian? It is easier to understand if you think of it in terms of music. Sometimes a man enjoys a symphony, else times he finds a jig more suited to his taste. The same holds true for lovemaking. One type is suited to the deep cushions of a twilight forest glade, another comes quite naturally tangled in the sheets of narrow beds upstairs in inns. Every woman is like an instrument, waiting to be learned, loved, and finally played, and to have, at last, her own true music made. Every woman is like an instrument, waiting to be learned, loved, and finally played, to have, at last, her own true music made. Some might take offense at this way of seeing things, not understanding how a trooper views his music. They might think I degrade women. They might consider me callous, or boorish, or crude. But those people do not understand love, or music, or me. And you can count me as one of them, because I found this really unpleasant to read. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. And I have a I have a thing, but it's actually not related to Nick's thing, so that's going to take longer. But the the musical line, is it each woman or every woman? Each in my book. Each woman is what I think. Okay, because you said every even when you reread it, so I wasn't... Oh, well... I was... Because it changes the it changes the, the song part, because it's more than... Uh, the, the syllables are more. Every is two, it's and true. each is one. So I was like, Each oh, woman man, is that like would an be instrument. Such an interesting change. Waiting to be learned. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I, uh, you are correct. I'm wrong. It turns out each woman is an instrument. Not every woman is an instrument. So uh, there you go. I was going to ask what you find objectionable about this passage. I, I think I talked about this on previous pages, and I think I pledged not to be too negative about it. And I think Quoth kind of hangs a lantern on it. Quoth slash Rothfuss lampshades it a little bit at the end of this chapter by saying look like this may be a distasteful way to think about women that they are like instruments to be played uh and you know i think even as i say that i understand that that's a a simplification of the metaphor that quote is making here and perhaps an uncharitable reading of it um so you know i'm conscious that rothfuss is trying to make a point about the character and about quote's worldview now and and going forward and he's thinking of it not as like they are instruments waiting to be picked up and plucked and like played, but like, you know, they are all individual things to be discovered in the way that the best music brought out of them 
through the meeting of uh, instrument and musician because he's talking about in terms of like this is how a, a trooper would would approach an instrument right like i i I think that the uncharitable reading of this is that like the the woman waits around in the case for the man to come <laughs> about and pluck their strings. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the trooper reading, I think what Quoth is kind of intending is that like the trooper understands that they're all unique and wonderful beings that need to be treated in certain ways. I also take exception. It's, it's you know, to I think that a better way of, of talking about this is like sometimes a man enjoys a symphony. Else times he finds a jig more suited to his taste. It's easy to read this as like some women are symphonies some women are jigs rather than like sometimes the sex that you have is a symphony and sometimes the sex that you have is a jig like i think it would be a little bit easier for me to kind of take this and not cringe if if i was if it was divorced from like quote saying women are like this instead of being like sex with with women can be like this because you know I myself, among the same partner, have had jig sex and symphony sex. Like it's it's not about the person. Anyway, I like there a lot has been said. I don't I don't need to go over it too much further. And I'm much more curious in hearing what you guys have to say about this. Yeah, like I think I definitely have a more charitable and sympathetic reading because I think I completely agree with Quoth. Because I think what Quoth is saying is every partner you have is gonna be a different person with different desires and different likes and dislikes. And the joy of sex with new people is figuring that out and figuring out how you fit together and what kind of music you can make together. That it seems to me is what he's saying. Uh, I don't think he's saying anything about women as like a sex. He's saying it about like sex partners. And because I'm straight my sex partners are women. That that's I think that's all he's saying. And it's like I I'm like nodding along with him, going, "Yes, that's exactly correct." That has also been my experience of having sex. The way that I see it, like it, even if we took Nick's read of it, uh, or or like a more negative read of it, like what I want to look at on the page is because when you think about like potential sexism in a book. You, you think about where is like the equal ground versus the unequal ground. And when you look at this page, Quoth is as much an object as any woman. He literally said that she took claim of him like he was a thing. Like, like that's a, to me, like Quoth is getting treated the same way he's treating everybody else here. Yeah. And we talked about this on the last couple of pages too. Like Losi is not a passive actor here or when she hits on him the first time she's a woman who knows what she wants and she's going out to get it yeah like i very much see like i don't see losi as being like the character is who is there just for quote to screw them i see losi as the character who decided to impose her will upon him and it just happened to work out for him too so i i do kind of feel like losi is there so that quote can screw somebody so that we can see the before and after of Quoth's uh, attractiveness and kind of set a new bar for the way that he approaches sex and flirting. I wish that this character had a bit more to do besides take on that role. But I see where you're coming from, that like within that role, she is very much an enthusiastic driver. And it's not like Quoth is picking her out of a lineup she didn't have such gusto, this wouldn't have happened. Like this, it's not like Quoth would be like going off to have sex with the next barmaid. It's this particular barmaid who is the driver of this sex kind of in both both times. 
Indeed. Losi could not have been just any woman. It had to be her. She feels well drawn enough as a character that she does not feel like just the buxom barmaid. She has other thoughts and opinions and character like other people in the world have ideas about her. She's not she's not just a sexy lamp. You couldn't replace her with a sexy lamp and have this scene be the same. Yes, that's true. Sexy lamp. I'm trying to imagine a sexy lamp, and I sort of came up with like if you combined like the leg lamp from from that one Christmas movie with like uh, the the mop from Beauty and the Beast. Jordan, you're telling us an awful lot about what uh, kind of appliances you find sexy. Yes, about your appliance related proclivities. <laughs> it's not what I find sexy. It's what I think the like like society would do if like. Based on the things that society has put out into the world, you're talking about the uh, you're talking about the feather duster. You're talking about the feather oh, duster. Oh yeah, it's a feather duster, who... not a mop. Oh yeah, that feather duster can get it. <laughs> yeah, that feather duster plus the leg lamp from the Christmas movie, and you're good to go. <laughs> oh yeah, big time. I definitely picture the leg lamp. The other thing I want to think is kind of funny about this is that this I think this this page gets clipped or like is a good. Uh, candidate for getting clipped onto like message boards to make people upset about men writing women and things like that. Like this is a great thing to take out of context and being like, can you believe what Patrick Rothfuss thinks about women? And to them, I say, if you got through this, <laughs> the, both books this far in only to stop in your tracks and get really, really upset about, about the book and, and what it has to say about sex and relationships. Like I, I don't find this particularly like, I find this a bit distasteful, and I want to kind of pick at it, but it's not enough to make me throw the book down in disgust and march to a message board. I think it's kind of funny to think that anybody would get this far in and say, this is a, a bridge too far. But it's definitely happened. I think, I think like, yeah. like I, as a person who has a lot of difficulty reading, I don't think I would have made it this far if I didn't like how the book was written. But I think like for people who like read books, like it's drinking water, it might be a different scenario. And I... Uh, I met an author, like a kind of amateur author, uh, and talked to them about this podcast. And I was like, oh, like, are you going to read the book? And they're like, yeah, we're going to read the book. And so I started following them on Instagram. A couple months later, they read the book and posted a very long, very, like, roughly scrutinous post about, like, how misogynistic and terrible the book was. And I was like, oh, I guess we're not friends anymore. (laughs) So, like, someone did it. Someone read the whole book all the way through and still decided that they wanted to, like, be really picky about these little things. Well, you know what? Uh, First of all, if someone decides to unfriend you because uh, you like a book and they didn't, then they weren't worth having as a friend to begin with. But also, people, especially, I would argue, in, like, the since social media became a dominant cultural force, people love getting internet clout by fetching about things and looking for examples of what they see as some kind of injustice or uh, hashtag problematic content that they can crow about to make themselves feel morally superior. And I think that it it's a really corrosive force in our culture that I find really frustrating. It, it completely denudes books of their context. It denudes art of being allowed to be difficult or weird or interesting it equates it's just a whole nest of like issues that i find 
teeth grindingly reprehensible. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I don't like about, like, I, I agree that if something is like really bad, then maybe you should talk about it. But also when it comes to something like a book, like if you're going to spend like three or four paragraphs on something, shouldn't it be a good thing? Like, why would you waste your time on something you don't like? I mean, your guess is as good as mine, Jordana. People hate <laughs> watch entire TV series just so they can. Think yeah, that's it. crazy. I don't understand that. <laughs> if I don't like a thing, I just stop partaking of it. I don't feel the need to scream at people about how I don't like it. <laughs> Indeed. I'm glad that we're all on the same page here. I also think it's worth just talking a little bit about how Quoth, like he tells them a version of the Fullerian story that's way more in line with what they're expecting out of a Fullerian story so that they will believe the parts of it that he tells them that did happen. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, there's a bit of, what does he say here? I, I you probably apply this to the whole story. It was a good story, and if it wasn't entirely true, at least it had some truth mixed in. I could have dispensed with the truth entirely and told a much better story. Lies are simpler most of the time they make better sense. I wouldn't be surprised if this whole trilogy ends with that sentence again. I would be surprised by that only because the setup that we got was Quoth and Chronicler kind of agreeing like this is going to be the unvarnished truth as opposed to all the lies and half-truths that are out there about me, some of which I started. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this if this line was like word for word in the end of the trilogy, I think it would be weird because there are other more important lines. I don't mean this would literally be the end, but like I think you could consider this a capstone for like whatever Quoth is doing in the frame and It's and an ongoing idea for sure. Yeah, it's an ongoing idea throughout the whole the whole duology slash imagined trilogy about, you know, stories and their natures and the truth hidden inside stories and whatnot. Mm -hmm. All right. Reasonable. Anywho, there's something we usually do at the end of a chapter. Yes. Sorry. It was so carried away with all the other things. Uh, this is the end of a chapter. This chapter title was fire. Like the hair on both Quoth and uh, Losi. And I, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, also, uh, that's the word that he says to Losi to really get her uh, fire going, is that for all that, Felurian lacked Losi's fire. And she had made kind of a fire reference when she hit on him the first time. Indeed. Is there another chapter titled Fire? I'm sure there's several chapters titled Fire. Well, I think there's other chapters titled with stuff to do with fire, for sure. But, like, there's one that's like, oh, no, maybe it's not that. I think it's something and something, and I thought one of the somethings was fire, but maybe I'm wrong. Listeners, write in and tell us if there's another chapter called fire. Yeah, I'm not Googling it. <laughs> but not even a cursory Google for you, the listener. That's right. The only cursor that I have is going to be dragged over to the stop recording button, and then we're going to drag this file into the garbage can and press delete and start again. Uh, no. And we'll start again tomorrow on another page. Uh. The. Way. Way.